This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the April 17th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to go over a fun DFS slate. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we'll kind of recap what we saw over the weekend, because obviously we can't talk too much about this DFS slate. With me to do so is Ryan Kamas. What's up, man? Not much. Um, I'm looking forward to these games, but I would not describe it as a fun DFS <laughs> yeah. slate. Yeah, I think you could sense the sarcasm there. And it's probably <laughs> yeah. like the it's two... Okay. I don't... I feel like these may be the two least fun of the eight games. I don't... I mean... Yeah, I would say hands down, Memphis San Antonio is the worst series, and in, in, like no question. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, I like watching any playoff game, but you're, yeah. you're right. I think those have uh, the least aesthetic joy and uh, <laughs> just overall sort of fun factor. Yeah, I can. Person- Sorry. Oh no, I'm personally not too invested in the Wizards Hawks series. I could, I'm, oh, I'm no? not really psyched to watch that for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, they're all burn burners. Yeah, they were only – I can't believe Memphis is only minus nine. I mean, if you bet lines, that was one of the locks that, biggest locks I've ever seen. And it's only oh, minus 11 yeah. – t- yeah, it's only minus 11 today. Like, I don't know – like, I think Tony Park – I'm mean, sorry, Tony Allen himself is worth, like, seven points. Yeah. Um, just because we saw Kawhi. I guess we'll start with players that we, I guess, saw blossom into more than what we thought they were going to be, or, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised with what Kawhi did, and Kawhi is just going to destroy this team, and he's, he did it career high in playoffs for assists, matches play, uh, scoring playoff career high, he's going to do it again, uh, so with that, uh, I'll ask you, who do you think was your most impressive guy that, you know, was kind of solid in the regular season, but really just grew into a, what I, I call playoff Joe Johnson, who's a good answer here. Just guys who <laughs> kind of chug along during the regular season, playoff hits, bam, hello, this is this is peak this person. Anybody Oops. besides Joe Johnson, uh, so, we will talk about. So we about. can't go like, uh, you're not talking stars, like CJ McCall. Yeah, stars. yeah, exactly. I mean, because we know CJ has that game in him, and you, yeah. when CJ went off, you weren't like, oh, wow, CJ. Like, no, we knew CJ could do this. So um, you can see CJ if you guys. That's yeah. tough to just name one. Um, yeah, Go, I mean, finish one. okay. So I'll I'll throw out a handful of names: uh, Brogdon, Bobby Portis, yeah. Keith Morris. Bobby Portis. Also... I think Bobby Portis. I was I was going to tweet this out yesterday. The all uh, like breakout playoff game one team, and I had I didn't put my tweet together, but I had Joe Johnson. I had Bobby Portis, Pat Beverly. Um, yeah. th- those are kind of the the three guys that and Bro- like Bro- I think Brogdon was definitely solid, but that, that's his middle name. He's the president. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I guess we'll start with Joe Johnson uh, with the Rudy Gobert injury. Well, that's probably the I guess the biggest, uh, easily the biggest injury of the weekend. So, what do you what do you think about that? I cannot believe Utah won that game. By the way. 
Um, bad, 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 bad loss for the Clippers. So, do you think that Joe Johnson's going to ball out the entire series, or was it just more because of Gobert, or a little bit of both? Uh, I mean, I th- it's definitely a little bit of both. I think, obviously, his role expands when they're forced to play him. First of all, how has Joe Johnson become a power forward? I just, <laughs> he deed Blake Griffin! What's up? He was excellent on defense against Blake Griffin. I know. That's the thing. I was watching the game, and afterwards, like, it seemed so normal while he was doing it. And afterwards, I was like, this is a guy who played point guard for stretches in his <laughs> career and was, was a, a shooting guard for the first, whatever, like, eight, ten years of his career. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, he's he's not going to shoot nine of 14 again. Um, you know, three or four from deep, three steals and a block. These are numbers you don't expect from Joe Johnson. I don't think we're going to see that again. I think this was uh, the high watermark for him. But good on him, and that that driving layup, uh, you know, saw him matched up against Jamal Crawford and just went for it with the game on the line. So I was happy to see him do it. Um, but I think for DFS purposes, you, you're not gonna rely on him to do that again. Yeah, um, bring up an interesting point. Uh, it's crazy. The two games that went at the buzzer, the Pacers took a timeout, let the Cavs defense reset, and they doubled Paul George. Jazz did not call a timeout. Kind of let the didn't let the defense reset, and like you said, they got Joe matched up on Jamal Crawford. Good matchup for them, and it came through. So I mean, I guess I'll ask. I mean, do you? Th- I I was surprised they called timeout. Uh, Nate Mc, like I didn't. I thought they should have just played it out. They had plenty of time. I mean, it was what twenty seconds left. I thought yeah. that just going for it was was the call. I was surprised they called timeout there. Yeah, it's easy to be a sort of backseat driver in these situations, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm with you. I think you sort of attack a defense before it can get set. Um, and obviously, the end result was C.J. Miles taking the shot and missing it, which didn't sit well with the Pacers' superstar. <laughs> so they had a lot of issues down the stretch there. Um, yeah, especially since Miles, to that point, was one of five, from, or I'm sorry, two of five from the field. But yeah, just a strange decision all around, I think. Yeah, he got a good look. I'll, I'll give him that. But like he's, if you missed it, Paul George said that he basically the team has an understanding that he's supposed to get the last shot. To paraphrase, um, I which guess, has sort of been his refrain all season. He's basically saying like, "I'm the alpha and omega of this team. Yeah. We're only going as far as I take us." Uh, you know, everyone get out of my way. Exactly. So, uh, like I said, Pat Beverly, I thought, was kind of the hero of Sunday. I mean, he was just fantastic. He deed up. We'll talk about Westbrook in a second. But I, I'm buying. Uh, he was a no-brainer play on Sunday for DFS. Him and Draymond were, like, way, way, way too cheap. And, I mean, he should be in the sixes, Beverly. Uh, taking out garbage time, he would have probably hit, like, 32, 33 minutes. Uh, he's not going to, like, kind of like Joe Johnson, he's not going to be 21, 10, and 3 like he was on Sunday. But uh, Beverly's legit. Beverly's going to be a huge part of this series. How much was Beverly? 48, I think it was. Is that right? I didn't play yesterday. That's yeah, crazy. it was yeah. so, it was, no, like, him and Dre was 68, and, yeah, Beverly was under 5. I forget the specifics, but it was just ridiculously cheap. Yeah, and he's been better all season. I noted in his blurb last week or last night. Um, you know, he averaged career highs and rebounds and assists this year. Always gets the steals, uh, scoring pretty well. And given the pace of this series, uh, you just kind of expect him to have a couple more big games. But 
Yeah, he was terrific, and he survived that ridiculous oh. pick from Steven Adams, which dropped him. And, like, I think the whole world thought that Beverly had a concussion on that play. But he bounced right up, buried two three-pointers, and then celebrated like a psycho. Yeah, he had the flex at the camera. That was amazing. Um, and I guess let's, let's just switch the gears to Westbrook. Crazy usage, as we all expected. 45.3 usage rate. He out usage rated his true shooting, which was forty one point five. Um, he kind of busted you yesterday. Um, so what are we? What are our thoughts on Westbrook? I guess. Do you think he's going to bounce back? I mean, he was six of twenty three, nine turnovers, and seven of eight from the line. That's a lot of possessions in just thirty four minutes. Um, do you see Westbrook being a? Do you think he's going to have like a forty point triple double in game two or something like that? At some point, absolutely, yeah. I mean, who knows game two, but he forced the issue a lot last night. Um, Obviously, the nine turnovers, but most of them were just bad passes and traffic trying to force little, you know, bunny passes and um, just wasn't working for him. He was clearly frustrated, started out terribly and never really got on track. Um, You know, you mentioned the sky-high usage. He obviously is a, uh, you know, can rack up triple-doubles like nobody else. So, yeah, although he destroyed your team last night, if you played him, uh, just absolutely no return on value, uh, I think he's going to be a guy to look toward uh, going forward. Yeah. Um, So on the flip side, James Harden did not bust you. He went 37-7-9, three steals, only two turnovers, uh, 13-28 from the field, 3 of 11 from three. So he didn't even really peak for his value. He had, what, I think eight shots in the first, like, seven minutes. It was just clear that Harden's going to carry this team. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, Clint Capel was pretty good. Arisa only had four four shots, two turnovers in 32 minutes. So, very, and same with Anderson, 38 minutes, which was surprisingly high. Yeah. Um, so, I guess Rockets rotation, besides James Harden being a beast, who, again, you're going to play James Harden again. Um, yeah, the, the, the thing about Harden, his outside shot wasn't falling. Yeah. So he just started attacking the hoop, and they, I mean, Robertson's a great defender, but he just, you know, there's nobody who can defend him one on one. And he, he cashed in his first eight makes were all in the restricted area. Yep. He just torched them. Uh, and then, when, you know, they were switching on him constantly on pick and rolls, and he was just lighting up their big men in isolation. Um, yeah, just too, too good. So you, you basically have to play him. Uh, Nene is someone we should talk about. Yeah. And, you know, he only played 19 minutes last night. They're going to try to limit his minutes because they don't want to burn him out. Uh, but he, he made seven of eight shots, scored 15 points with five boards and a block. And the thing to, to note is that he did this all regular season. He was, I, I think the Thunder were the team he averaged the most points against. He shot like 78% against them uh, during the regular season. So just to kind of got to keep in mind because he's dirt cheap for DFS. Uh, and then actually one thing I wanted to mention for OKC um, the play where I tweeted out um, Ennis Cantor, part NBA player, part pretzel, when Harden turned him oh, inside man. out on that switch, and it looked like Billy Donovan was saying, can't play Cantor. Um, oh, and he did. Yeah, yeah which looks... Yeah, I, I used that in Cantor's blurb, but he clearly mouthed the word, can't yeah. play Cantor, as soon as I was done. I was surprised, because he's fared well, but they run so many pick-and-rolls 1-5, that like we saw this against Golden State last year, and, and they had Kevin Durant who's, and and Serge Ibaka, but so they're a little bit more desperate for 
Cantor to play well, so they need him more than they did last year. But yeah, that's very. And I was surprised he was so. Uh, a lot of DFS people I respect apparently were after Cantor, which I was surprised about. Like he's yeah. gonna go away, man. I actually take it back. So granted, he was turned into a pretzel on that play. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But that wasn't even the play that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, Billy Donovan said it about it. It was a different play where he blew the pick-and-roll coverage, sort of uh, hedged towards Harden, and gave up an easy dunk to Clint Capella. Yeah, that's what it um, was. But he, one way or the other, yeah, he's it's going to be tough to keep him on the court. Yeah, so so what's the fallout from that? Uh, do you th- I, And I was disappointed with Steven Adams. I thought he was a great team. He didn't bust you, but he wasn't good. Uh, only 28 minutes. So is he the guy that benefits here? Uh, it's tough. You'd think so. I think they got to play Taj a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they played Grant a surprising amount. Yeah. They fo- um, really, like you said, they really focused on three point defense. And I get, like you said, that was also that was their undoing. They smashed them inside. Um, yeah. For this team that is record breaking three pointers, they sixty two well, points in the paint. Yeah, you can't win basketball games when that happens. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable. Well, Houston, this is a, a Houston team where you think of run and gun and so forth. Yeah. They had six fast break points, 62 points in the pay. Yeah. That's amazing. Like that's, that amount of versatility is just, you know, hats off to D'Antoni. That's incredible. Yeah, he even said that in the uh, on-court interview. He's like, yeah, they wanted to take away our three-point. All right, we'll take paint points over uh, over threes all day, which is true. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the Daryl Morey way, man. Uh, okay, so anything else? Um Take uh, let's talk Bobby Port. I we got to talk about the, the Celtics really fast. Um, first of all, man, I, prop, massive props to Isaiah for even playing in that game, man. Um, and then also not massive props for Charles Barkley kind of taking shots at Isaiah for crying and stuff. Like, come on, dude, don't even say that, man. Uh, oh, during the pregame? Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah. yeah what, what Just ignore that guy. Who cares? Yeah, uh, I usually keep my Charles Barkley takes in the holster, but dude, shut the hell up, man. Yeah. Like, learn how to say Giannis Antetokounmpo for once. <laughs> um, he takes uh, pride in his ignorance, which pretty yeah. much sums him up. So yeah, let's just... <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so what are... I mean, Jimmy Butler was the man, uh, and someone... I forget who tweeted this out, but... Um, having the best player in the series goes a hell of a long way, and we found that out that Jimmy Butler's really, really good. So, uh, like we said, Jimmy uh, Bobby Portis was also uh, the big take, one of the big takeaways of the weekend. Uh, Fred Hoiberg said he's not going to start Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry, I keep saying Jimmy Butler. Um, Bobby Portis, um, he's not going to start him. He's going to stick with Miritich. So, do you roll Bobby Portis, Mister Inconsistent Player? Um, Miritich was god awful, one of nine, which is surprising to no one who's ever played fantasy before. So, what's what's the fallout from Portis? Twenty nine minutes. Yeah, I think it depends what your options are. Um, haven't really looked ahead. They don't play again until uh, what Wednesday? is it Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it just depends what the schedule is and what your options are. But no, they play Tuesday. Another, right, Tuesday, sorry. Okay, yeah, and uh, just another Joe Johnson situation where Bobby Portis shot 8 of 10 from the field. He couldn't miss. He was 3 or 4 from deep, um, had a couple blocks, 9 rebounds. So, you know, assuming Miritich doesn't shoot 1 of 9, he's going to get more than 19 minutes, which is going to cut into Portis's minutes. So I think, you know, backslide is inevitable. Yep. Um, I still think you're going to probably want to use him. Uh, I don't know if Miritich is – I don't like Miritich in this matchup at all. 
Um, and, I, and I think that Wade's usage is going to go up too. Only 12 shots in 34 minutes, two free throws, three turnovers. So um, you're talking about, what, 15, 16 possessions. I think he's going to be in the 20s next time out. So uh, I like him. Jimmy Butler, I, th- I think, is going to be a, a monster. Uh, he was really quiet in the first half and just exploded in the second half. 41 minutes, he's going to play huge minutes. So I think Jimmy Butler kind of goes off tomorrow. Yeah, and the Celtics have, I mean, between Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley, they seem to have the types of players who could, you know, if, assuming they throw different matchups at him and double-team him, uh, give Butler some problems. But he showed, you know, he started out slow, and it was hilarious watching Twitter. Some people saying, like, oh, you know, not beat writers or anything, but just random Twitter people saying, oh, look at, you know, Jimmy's always struggles when I watch him and so forth, and... I was just like, come on. He's, he's yeah. had one slow half, and then he absolutely <laughs> took took over in the second half. And I should have gone back to see what those those people were saying then. But yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's a pretty easy play. Uh, how do you think about uh, Rolo's double double? You think that was kind of fluky? You think he's gonna be worth playing? No, I think that you bring up a good point too. The rebounding battle, which I, I wrote a playoff preview that I thought that was gonna be the difference, and it was uh, fifty three thirty six rebounding edge that. It's so hard to win basketball games when you get out re- rebounded by twenty almost. Um, yeah. I'm buying that, I, I and mean, he's really consistent. Okay. He does. He doesn't really. He's not going to wow. You. And he still didn't. Like, he had a great game. And that's his thing. He has great games that just don't really reflect on the stat sheet. So I'm. I mean, I'm buying him as a contributor, but not really for fantasy. Yeah, my issue with with him last night was he had twelve points, I want to say, and five boards in the first quarter. Yeah, and they scored two points the rest of the game. He had no defensive stats, no assists, so I'm kind of leery of him. Um, but to to your point, one amazing stat last night: the Bulls finished with twenty offensive rebounds. They had sixteen in the first half on thirty-two misses. They got half of their own misses, and I mean. The fact that Boston lost by only four points is kind of amazing. Yeah, I think their season offensive rebounding rate was like 31, which is still really high. Uh, and like you said, to get 50 offensive is crazy. Uh, okay, so anything else takeaways-wise from the weekend that you want to... Well, I guess we should talk about Gobert a little bit, because Derek Favors was good. Uh, really good. Uh, he was yeah. gassed, though. Fourth quarter, he was barely jumping. Um, that His late free throw, his first free throw, he just had no legs. You could tell he was done. So, do you think the days off are going to get Derek Favors back? To I mean, not like we've seen Derek Favors peak, be twenty ten kind of a guy with blocks and efficiency and all that stuff. So, uh, where do you see his minutes and where do you see his output? I mean, he has to play thirty minutes, right? Yeah. They they don't have a choice. Yeah, because otherwise it's Jeff Withy who I think picked <laughs> up like four fouls and however many minutes last night. He's just he's not cut out for it. Um, yeah, Favors looked really good. He said that his knee felt fine after the game, so that's encouraging. He admitted that he was he said he, he said he was a little tired, which is a bit of an understatement. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's a safe play because he's probably again going to be really really cheap and on Fanduel. Um, so I think he kind of would look to him actually. I would sort of target Favors for DFS. Yeah, definitely. Uh, average 17 minutes per game, I think, in the three since injury. Topped out at 21, so uh, basically 150% of what he was used to in a playoff game against the Clippers against DeAndre Jordan. Uh, and I believe it was, I mean, yeah, it had to be. He, he didn't play next to Withy very much, um, if at all. So, yeah, yeah he's going to play a lot of five. Um, okay, so I think 
that does it. A couple other quick things I'd mention. Number one, Mar- Markeith Morris I yeah. mentioned was awesome. Uh, it was hilarious. The the little feud that's developing between him and Paul Millsap. <laughs> yeah. Very amusing. Um, Kyle Lowry was completely oh shut down. He, he said uh, in an interview afterwards that his teammates want him to be more aggressive and that he'll force shots in quotes if he has to. So I'm looking for a big bounce back in game two from him. What's with the Raptors in game ones, man? They're so bad. Yeah, they're really terrible. What are they, 0-9, I think, in game one of the first round or something like that? Just, Is it that bad? Yeah, yeah. It's it's ridiculously bad. Um, what do we, we didn't talk about that at all. Um, playoff Giannis, any, anything else that you thought from that series? Um, Middleton had a lot of shots, didn't make them. A lot of assists, I think nine assists for him. Um, it's and funny then Greg Monroe was also really good. Who's that? Greg Monroe. He was fantastic, 14 and 15. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. I'm hoping that they give him more. I mean, throughout the regular season, he's just been a permanent monster, kind of like a Ennis Cantor style guy. Mm. He's got some defensive weaknesses, but he can score like like no one else. Um, so I think he's going to be a huge X factor. And how about Demar Derozan? Because they came into this season, and Derozan was saying, you know, the Bucks have defended me very well. They know my style. One of their assistant coaches used to be like my mentor. Um, and sure enough, they, they loaded up against him, and he had a very, very inefficient game. Um, do, do you see him kind of breaking out of that, or do you think the Bucks have his number? Um, he was hot early, too. So, like you said, I think they made the adjustment to key in on him and lock him down and let other guys beat him. Um, now, same with Valachunas also. Didn't get the ball much. Uh, I thought they defended him well on switches and stuff. They put um, a lot of bigs on Lowry, too. Like, one force. Giannis was on him a lot. Um, I thought they did really well with switching. But, yeah, I don't really buy DeRozan in, in this series. Um, well, I, I am buying a Lowry bounce back. I think Lowry's going to be huge in game two. And I think I think the Raptors are, Do you think that... Do you smell upset here? Um, I mean, it's, it's tough. I, I honestly would have guessed that the Raptors would win in six before this season, this series started. So, I'll just say that. Um, I still think Toronto's going to win. Yeah, me too. I, th- I think that, like you said, I think it's, it may go seven, though. Yeah, um, at this point, I, I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. And they had no answers for Giannis, so they're no. going to have to go back to the drawing board defensively. I mean, I, I thought Tucker did okay at times, but he, I, Demari Carroll, for some reason, Demari Carroll, who has a defensive stigma, I guess, we see him get thrashed in the playoffs. LeBron's done it year after year, and it, Giannis just, made Damari Carroll look like... I, I can't even think of how bad he looked. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. he was just in, dominated. And you're, you're right, but in Damari's defense, it's not... It's so right. unfair because he's on an island against these, like, all-world yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ISO players, and then we judge him for getting torched play after play. Yeah. No, but I mean, but, I'm just saying that it's, it's, he's yeah, disappointing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, if I'm on Giannis, I'm, I'm going to look way, way worse than Damari will. <laughs> But, uh, all right, so I guess let's get to uh, the two games for today. Um, I think we didn't talk about the Cavs and the Pacers for, for good reason, because we're going to talk about it now. Uh, I thought the big takeaway, I guess, scheme-wise, was how many 3-1 pick-and-rolls the Cavs ran. It was obvious. They were, okay, hey, Jeff Teague, we're going after you. They put Jeff Teague on LeBron so much, and you can't take Jeff Teague off the floor. So I think that their strategy here is, and you, by the same token, him and Monta are very undersized for the, for the positions. So you would think 
That means that who Lance Stevenson closed. I think Lance Stevenson gets heavy minutes. Uh, also had the ball a lot, so uh, I think Lance is about as much play as it gets for today. Yeah, you gotta go with him. Yeah. And another guy not gonna be as efficient as he was. Shot eight to thirteen, but he's his game translates really well to DFS. He tends to rack up boards and assists. Um, you know, so you don't care if he's not hitting three pointers or getting defensive stats so much. Um, you're right. I think his minutes are going to be heavy. Uh, there's a raging debate in Pacers land whether or not he should start. Uh, I don't. I think it's sort of irrelevant. I think his minutes are going to be great one way or the other. Yep. So what do you what do you think? Thirty three minutes. Yeah, I go low thirties. Yeah. You know, even if he hits thirty, I'd be happy with that. Because yeah, he's what does he cost him? He's cheap. He's a uh, forty. Well, forty seven. But I think that's a, a worthy bargain, especially since. He's the most expensive shooting guard on the slate. Yeah, he's gonna be his ownership's gonna be stupid high. But could you fade yeah. him at all? I don't really think you can. It's just a mess. If you go yeah. down the the slate, you got Monte, you got Danny Green, and then Manu, who I think went scoreless for like the first time since he was a rookie in the playoffs uh, in game one. One, one. one guy we should mention actually is J.R. Smith, who yeah has really. Bad to be honest, uh, since returning, but he played 37 minutes in game one. He only scored six points, three boards, one assist. So I, I think his ownership is going to be very low. But at 3600, he seems like a reasonable gamble. Really good gamble. Uh, he was on Paul George a ton. That was their plan. They didn't want to put older LeBron on George to wear him out defensively, so they put Jr. on him, and that's the plan, I think. So, I mean, I don't really think that his usage will be that small again. You're talking about, uh, what, seven, possess- seven possessions uh, in 37 minutes. I don't know what the usage rate is on that, but that's really, really low. So, yeah, I think he doubles that usage rate, and I think he's, like, for 3,600, he's going to be all right. Um, it was uh, 8.6. There you go. Nice, nice. I was going to say single digits. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, he's he. I think those are the, the, the two chalk guys. Um, I don't really know who else you could even roll with. Uh, their ownerships are going to be so high, but I think that's the way to go. Yeah, Danny Danny Green would be the only other yeah. pop. I think we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, so Kyrie, pretty decent usage. Um, I I don't I still don't really like Kyrie that much today. No, I'm with him. Uh, it it kind of depends, but there are so few um, sort of cheap guys. So you got to pick and choose between your studs, and I think Kyrie's lower in that uh, in that echelon for me. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll talk about LeBron. Do you just play LeBron and Paul George? Period. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Although, too. actually, and we'll get to this, but. I kind of need Kawhi in my lineup, so I think it, you got to choose between LeBron or Paul George, and that would come down to a price and which one you can afford. Yeah, I wish I wish that the Grizzlies could keep this close. I'll talk about that game in a second. Uh, I guess Tristan Thompson's worth talking about. Uh, rebounded really well, six offensive rebounds, seven defensive, thirteen total, um, eight points, ran some high screen stuff, misses three free throws. So he's he's just. That's Tristan Thompson. Uh, he's going to flirt with a double-double, not going to bring the defensive stats. Uh, I don't know. And then also Kevin Love, I think he had t- uh, 10 in the first quarter, 5 in the second quarter, and then 2 in the second half. 
Uh, so he yeah. went away. So And also four boards. Very small rebounding output from him. Uh, I believe only one minute as the center, uh, w- whether it be Channing Fry or Tristan Thompson. So they didn't really love at the five much. Um, so I guess where does he fit in here? Yeah, I'm not too huge on him. He's a bit pricey for my taste in FanDuel. I'd rather go with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and one of the cheaper power forwards. Yep, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, okay, so we talked about Thaddeus Young a little bit. Uh, he played pretty decent defense on LeBron. He got killed early from Love, like I mentioned. But he did all right. Uh, only four shots from the field, two free throws, two turnovers, so very small usage there. Uh, no defensive stats, no steals from Thaddeus Young. We don't see that very often. So I think Thad's sneaky, man. He's gonna he needs to play a lot in this series. Uh, he's a very good matchup kind of a guy against uh, LeBron or Love, uh, even though they really went after him. So I think I think Thad's a, a decent cheap guy to play. Yeah, totally with you. Um, expect some defensive stats from him this time. He's probably not going to hit four times, but he'll make up for that elsewhere. Uh, and the four shots from the field has to come up. He finished the season playing, shooting really well. He was, you know, he shot sixty-two percent or so in his last four games. He was getting double-digit attempts. So I like him to bounce back. Yeah, I would, if I'm McMillan, I also would attack that because I mean they made it very clear they don't want Paul George to beat them. So I would run more, maybe three, four pick and rolls, and even just get the ball down to Thad, uh, who is also a really good cutter. So uh, I, I would find definitely find a way to get him the ball. Uh, Jeff Teague also I like a little bit. Uh, I was kind of disappointed with only 10 shots in the field. Uh, three of 10, by the way. It's only three field goal makes. Uh, no steals. A little disappointing. I think Teague is in for kind of a big game. Uh, 36 minutes, so you like that. Uh, Aaron Brooks wasn't really very effective. So I, I think Teague is is kind of sneaky. I, I almost think he's better than Kyrie, even at the same price. That sounds crazy. I would disagree yeah. with that. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not super into Teague tonight. Uh, he's exceeded 30 FanDuel points once in his last five games. Um I don't know. I, I just need to see more from him. And disappointing game one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just not not sold on him as a sort of blank check bet, even though he's pretty cheap tonight. Right. I'm saying for tournaments, but I guess he kind of killed the Cavs. He went for 19 points, 11 assists in the season series. Uh, wasn't even that efficient, so his usage was kind of down. Would you rather, and this is getting ahead of ourselves maybe, would, would you rather have... Just assuming the same price, Teague or Conley? Um, I think Teague, actually. Yeah, I think I'm with you for... Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, oh, let's just get to it now. I think we kind of beat that game down. Uh, so Conley got hot early and then fell apart. And credit to Pop, he made a brilliant switch to put Danny Green, our boy Danny Green, uh, on Mike Conley. And his defense was just spectacular. It, it pretty much won him the game. To a degree. Um, the, the third quarter was just a joke. Uh, Kawhi Leonard scored 15 points. And the Grizzlies scored 15 points in the third quarter. So, um, I guess we'll start with the Grizzlies. Ah, dude, I, I can't... I don't buy the I think they're going to lose by 30 again, to be honest. Um, yeah. So, I'm more focused on this early game. If I want to play Grizzly... Uh, we talked about this before. Uh, Zach Randolph, I think, who was really bad... Uh, 3 of 13, I believe, from the field. 
and just couldn't get anything going. I mean, masterful defense from the Spurs. Nothing new there in the playoffs. Uh, minus 39 in 26 minutes. Go figure. So, uh, Grizzlies that you like. We saw Wayne Selden start, play 27 minutes. They may want to go bigger and just go Ennis out of the gate, who was also really bad. Minus 28 in 20 minutes for Ennis. Um, so, Grizzlies that you want to play here? Anybody? Uh, Mark Gasol. Yeah. He's, he's the only one. And I don't think... I have a little more faith, I guess, than the Grizzlies. I don't think yeah. they're going to get completely destroyed. I think they'll at least uh, keep it a game, hopefully. But, yeah, Marc Gasol, the, the Spurs, I mean, Pop basically said after the game he was willing to let Gasol go off yep. uh, as long as they shut down Conley. Um, and his his usage in that game was 35.6%, which is the highest of any player other than Westbrook and Harden uh, in the playoffs. So I don't know that he can be that good again. I mean, he was phenomenal. But I think you can still roll with him. He's cheap, relatively. He's still 7,600. Yeah. So that's that's way too low. You almost, yeah, I don't know. I, I see him as an almost must play. Um, but otherwise, there's no one I really like. Zebo. I'm not against trying again to go back to that well, but he was bad, and I'd rather play guys like Aldridge and, and Thaddeus. Um, and otherwise, no, I don't. I don't like anyone on this team. Yeah, I pretty much just agree with you there. Uh, I mean, you're looking for centers, and I mean, who are you gonna play? Um, we didn't talk about Miles Turner, but for Gasol to be nine hundred dollars more than Turner, that, that seems like a no-brainer. Uh, Pal Gasol, I think that they're gonna play Deadman a pretty good amount today. Um, who's? I don't, I don't think that... I mean, but Gasol's ownership is going to be so high, man. Cause, cause he's That's so what I'm better. saying, yeah. What do you think his ownership will be in the tournament? Like, 89%? Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be crazy. really high. I mean, he's... I think he's fadeable just because... And if you're going to fade him, um, go I'd probably go... Yeah, I'd probably go Turner. Yeah. Just because... Uh, just fade that game hardcore. Maybe even play... I guess we should talk about garbage time if we're going to do that route. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, I think you summed up those guys. So we mentioned Danny Green. Uh, his minutes are probably going to be just because he played really well defensively and only took two shots on the field. Uh, I think his minutes are going to be 30. Um, he had that leg injury that kept him down, missed some games, but he looked really good. What do you... Does he stack up third, I guess, in the Lance, JR... Danny Green and J.R. Smith are basically the... Uh, if you've seen the Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man's looking at Spider-Man, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, Danny Green and Jared Smith are like the same person. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I mean, Danny took two shots and missed them both. <laughs> that's Danny <laughs> Green won. for you. Uh, only played 20 minutes. So for the between the blowout factor and the fact that he usually doesn't play that minutes that many minutes anyway, yeah. um, I, I'd go with JR over yeah. Danny. I think so too. But I think that... JR is going to be highly owned too, so I think that I think Danny Green's viable if you want to get a tournament lineup in there and fade JR Smith, which is definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver killed the Pacers in two games, twenty five and a half points per game in the two, uh, hundred four point three true shooting, if I recall. It's crazy, uh, but they went away. They went JR Smith on Paul George. That was the plan. Uh, okay, so what else here? Uh, you mentioned Lamarcus. He was good. 20 points, 8 of 18, so decent usage out of him. Uh, probably go back to him again as well. So what do you think about LaMarcus, who's 
really pretty cheap. Yeah, he's a strong play. I mean, yeah. he's fourteen hundred less than love. Uh, the Spurs, as you said, went to him early and often. They they really tried to milk him, and he only shot eight of eighteen, so it could have been better. But he got he started out slow, uh, and then really started to find his groove. So I think he's yeah, he's a strong play. Yep, and then Kawhi, Kawhi's so cheap, man. I mean, if if this game's gonna be close, if like if somehow the Grizzlies make this a game, Kawhi is gonna go crazy. Uh, I they just they cannot stop him. They don't have the artillery to do it. And this is bad. I mean, they're playing Troy Dane. They're grasping at straws to defend this guy. So uh, I like him, and I think I still think he's too cheap, just because I think this game's gonna be a big, big blowout again. Uh, so that's the only it, that's the only reason why I'd be a little scared to play him. Yeah, you you pretty much said it. I mean, the blowout factor is the only reason to avoid him because Memphis doesn't have the personnel. Yeah. Uh, as soon as Tony Allen went down, they were left with Vince Carter and <laughs> uh, Selden, and I mean, they're just doomed. They had Jamichael Green trying to defend him, and yeah. he just blows past people. He'll yeah, he's too talented. Kawhi's so, and I I've, I've had this debate on Twitter before. What's better, Kawhi's offense or Kawhi's defense? Like in the past four months of the season, it's it sounds like people who don't watch the NBA that much probably think it's stupid thing to say. But Kawhi's offense is so good; uh, it's just it, like makes my I, mouth water thinking about it. I feel like that's comparing like a vintage Bulls team to the modern day Warriors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. why make why make me choose? They're yeah, two, right. you know, two different things. But he's let's just call him a ridiculous two way player. Yeah. And uh, Greg Popovich also had a good quote. He said, quote, that's what star players do um, when Kawhi went off, which he knows he has a special player on his hands, man. And that guy, just stop giving him good players. It's really not fair. Yeah, they said when they initially acquired him for George Hill, they told him that they just wanted him to be Bruce Bowen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit more than that, I'd say. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll do we, You guys kind of got the gist here. Uh, for point guard, uh, I like Teague tournament. We didn't talk about Tony Parker also, who played really well. Uh, he's only four yeah. four, so he's gonna be chalk. Um, maybe he was sandbagging us the whole year, but uh, Tony Parker looked good, man. He looked like he kind of, I want to say, found the fountain of youth, but like during the season, he found like the fountain of old. <laughs> he just turned into an old player all of a sudden. So, yeah, well, I'll say this, and he was banged up all season, and towards the end yeah. of the year, he, he said that he didn't want to rest, because he had finally found a rhythm, uh, and, and he looked it, like, he was really good down the stretch, and he carried that through in game one, um, you know, his, he wasn't that aggressive this year, but in game one, he was attacking the rim, finishing on those little flip shots that he, that he you know, made his mark on, uh, little floaters in the lane, and I like him at 4,400, there aren't that many good options, there's... You know, above him are Kyrie, Conley, and Teague. So, as someone who could save you more than twenty three hundred over Teague, I, I I really like Parker. Yeah, I think Parker's the top play. Um, and then I, I it sounds like wait. So, if you don't like Teague and you don't like Conley, who who's your number two then? I'm actually betting on a bounce back from Conley. I think. Okay. Even though, see, I don't, I don't want to invest too heavily in this game, and I might right. have multiple lineups, one where I just stack the Cavs Pacers. Yeah. 
Um, and one where I sort of bet piecemeal on players that I like. Um, but I think Conley, I mean, he, he still hit 36 FanDuel points in 30 minutes the other night, even though he was shut down, essentially, in quotes. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like Conley, and he's way cheaper than Kyrie, so that saves money to pay up for LeBron or someone else. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Conley and Gasol scored 21 on 9 and 10 in the first quarter, and then Conley won away. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a little worried, man. I think that they're going to put Danny Green on him out of the gate, so I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm on the Teague train today. Okay, so you're going Parker Teague, essentially? Park, yeah, your... Parker Teague, Conley, Kyrie, just because I want to play LeBron. I don't hate, I don't, I'm not bashing Kyrie here, but I just think that those guys are have a little bit more bang for their buck. Uh, so, shooting guard, we have Lance way at the top. And then JR. What about Monta? Where does he fit in for this? And then, even honestly, I don't really hate Troy Daniels. Just because I, if you're going to really bank on this being garbage time special, it makes sense to play Troy Daniels because they're going to need to take threes late. <laughs> yeah. And in the tournament, I mean, he had a negative one uh, yeah. uh, FanDuel points in the last game. Uh yeah, I mean, if he gets hot from downtown, you never know. They they need him to spread the court. They need someone to spread the court. Um, so that's that's an interesting gamble. I, I don't know that I'd go there, but no, I'm just saying, uh, like, tw- not cash, obviously. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Like most um, other Wayne Seldon. Other than him, I don't know. There's really not that many good options. Shumpert's not in the rotation. Um, Seldon. Uh, any any interest there? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I think he. I think they may play Ennis. I guess that brings us a small forward. I don't. I think you have to play LeBron and George. Um, there's just so many question marks to the other positions. Um, yeah, Vince Carter's okay, sure, but just play LeBron and George. I mean, they're gonna go at each other. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool, I sure, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm heavy into Kawhi, but you're right. I think with the high-scoring nature of this game, and if you can afford it, shooting guard is so cheap. Like I, like we said, there's no one more expensive than Lance at 47. You're probably going to save money by going Tony Parker at 4,400 at point guard, so hopefully you can afford to pay up for LeBron and, and PG. Yeah, I think they're worth it. Uh, you mentioned the pace, actually. The pace was kind of down in this game. Um, I forget what it was, but there was very minimal fast break scoring. I think in the first half, they, the Cavs only had two fast break points. They finished with five uh, to score 109. And the fourth quarter, they were quiet. They only scored 17 points in the fourth. Uh, 32, in the, 32 in the second, 34 in the first. It was just half-court, easy buckets, just screen roll game. Um, so, yeah, this I think the pace is going to be up. This is going to be a, a great high-scoring game, I would anticipate. Um, power forward. It sounds like Lamarcus is up top for us. I have Thaddeus kind of firm too. If if you don't have the money, um, and you're gonna play Gasol, so uh, and then Love, and you can't really play Jim Michael Green, who was okay, yeah, just because he was good in the first quarter. There, the cat, uh, the Grizzlies lineup was. So, Randolph, anybody? Do you just play Lamarcus and Thad? And what do you feel? Yeah, I mean, my two guys are Lamarcus and Thad, but. Like I said, I'm not totally against rolling the dice on Zach again, um, but yeah, a little, little bit too risky. Yeah, I think Thad's a better buy just because Zebo got smashed so bad, man, and that that was one of the the worst games I've ever seen him play. He just didn't know, like it looked like he forgot how to play ball at times, man. It was just crazy. 
Uh, so center, we have kind of Gasol, firm number one. Uh, you've got the money to get up there to get him. Uh, so play pretty much, I think those are my three staples, would be LeBron, George, and Gasol. Just hopefully they can stay in it for a half. Uh, and like I said, Pop's going to let him beat him. Uh, they're okay with that inside stuff. But Miles Turner is a viable contrarian play. And I, I can't get, I can get into Tristan, I guess, at 4-7 if you want to save there. Uh, yeah, I'm not that into him. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm not Just either. such a low ceiling. Like, we know who he is. There's no chance that he's going to go off for 20 and 10. This is not going to happen. So, yeah, I guess if you want to go cheap at center in a cash game, but he's, Mark is so cheap. You just, I think he's going to, like, he has to be owned. Yeah. At 7,600 with his usage rate and his multifaceted abilities, even if he doesn't score that much, he's still going to help you by chipping in across the board. Um, yeah, he's just the quintessential, like, high-floor, high-ceiling guy, so... So who do you... I don't I'll, know. I'll ask this to end it, and I'll go first. If you had to put one player in your lineup, say you're going to make 100 lineups, who do you want to put in there for all of them? Uh, I, I'm going to just say LeBron. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I think, I think LeBron's... Yeah, I just put LeBron in there. Like, I... It's gonna be LeBron's gonna go crazy today. I feel like he's gonna have like a monster game today. So you're saying like it doesn't like uh, in terms of price to value. Like who? Yeah, just if you had to put your money on one player, like all right, I'm gonna put all my money. Yeah, exactly. Like if you had to just yeah. put put him in your all your lineups. Who who do you trust? Like Gasol's a really good one too. Dude, I love play playoff LeBron is one of the best yeah. things, and <laughs> I mean he's he's frequently furious and the matchup with Paul George I think just gets his juices flowing yeah. and uh, you know it's going to be another close game yeah uh, LeBron nice All there, right. there's a there's a reason he's the most expensive player on the slate tonight yeah he should be he's like and Westbrook too man those guys should be like 15,000 like, they're just too cheap they're, they're too good right now yeah. alright so longer pod than I thought but uh, good stuff so you guys enjoy the two games. Uh, very easy on the eyes. Uh, just watch a game, watch all the matchups and stuff. It's very different from what you and I are used to. Just watching like so many games at the same time. Ryan and I do Wednesdays for Borders. Just madness. How, yeah, how, how are you adjusting? What's up? How are you adjusting to just one game at a time? Well, it's strange. Yeah, we, we went from uh, seeing 28 games played, or 28 teams, I should say, on yeah. the final Wednesday of the season. Uh, you and I were blurping that one with some help from our colleagues, yeah. to two two days off. And that was the most jarring thing to me. I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing happening. Yeah, um, I tell my dog yeah, to sit. He's been, he's been doing sit, he's been doing lay down, he's been chilling. He's been a good boy. You're so good. Yeah. Get a treat later. He was quiet on the podcast today. It took a little nap. Alright, so you guys enjoy the games. Hopefully we get a little bit of a close game with the Spurs. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. Yeah, Mike. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.